Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Anything that you do is unto the Lord. If you're working hard, it's unto God. God's like, I see you every day, son, daughter. I don't miss a single thing. I see it when it's difficult. I see it when it's hard. I see it when you don't want to, but you do it anyway because you want to honor me. I see it all. He sees everything. He's not missing a single thing. And so we're encouraged here that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Rather, he is a slave or he's free. Whether you're a worker or you're a boss, right? There's always people watching you, whether how you live your personal life or how you work. Today, Pastor Bill's going to take you to Ephesians to look at how different a Christian's work ethic should be compared to the world. Everything you do is representing God, and your attitude while you're working should reflect Him working in your life, too. God wants to see a hard worker bringing glory to Him through your hard work, and one that doesn't complain or give up when it's not ideal to you. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 as he continues his message, Worship while you work. Imagine if all Christians went to work and they just worked as if they were working for Jesus. Imagine how as a boss, I don't know what it is about these people, but these are my favorite people to hire. I will hire from them all day. I know somebody who had a building. They own um, some buildings and first they had to build it, rent it out to whoever. And then they had a couple people from our old church that rented and they were like, what, what church are y'all from? And this is what they started to do. I kid you not. They started giving preference. Whenever a room would open up, they would ask people in the building from the church, is there anybody from your church looking for a place? Because we'll start with them. And when I had young couples get married, I would give them their information and they would say they got a waiting list of people waiting. But they were like, we're we're preferring to put people in this building from the church because they tend to treat our place better um, and the way they behave in the place. And so. I thought, wow, what a great testimony that it said about the majority of people that were Christians that were living there. This owner is saying, I'd rather rent to them than anybody else. It said something about the testimony left by the believers that were there. And I believe that God is saying, look, as employees, as workers, that's what I want you to be. I want there to be such a strong testimony that people would see the difference in you. And I believe it would be an opportunity to witness for the Lord. Why do you do what you do for the Lord? Even as you work with other people, you work next to people as they're complaining and they're mad and they're like, I can't stand a boss. I can't believe this. Um, should you be part of that conversation? No, no. I always think it's funny when Christians get the job that they wanted one time at one point in time. They prayed for it. God gave it to them. And then it's after you get it and you get frustrated with the people there that you start to complain to God about the job that was an answer to prayer from him earlier on you know be careful about that be careful about that God just just, just job you gave me oh, really that's how you feel <laughs> I remember when you was asking me for that job you know um this what I'm doing right now you guys there was a day where this was my supreme prayer God I want to start a church in Inglewood Lord I want to be able to do what I see over here over here Lord let me do it it's been a blessing we're look, over seven years in there have been days there have been moments where because of warfare and difficulty where it's like, man, and the Lord always takes, remember, remember just what you asked me. Yes, it is. And I still love that. This is what I get to do. But it'd be a lie if I didn't say there were days. There are days where you're like, man, this is difficult. There are challenges. There are things that rise up. 
But this is what I believe God called me to do. I don't want to do anything else. This is it. And you may not feel that way about the job you have right now. You may not feel like this is what I want to do the rest of my life. That's okay. The shortest route out, if something is not to be permanent, is faithfulness. Right? Your faithfulness to what you have right now is the shortest route to what God has next. You're not going to be unfaithful with what you have today and expect God to move you along. You know, uh, some people, that's what they do. I'm going to be unfaithful and complain and be a bad example and looking for God to bless me with the next thing. That's not how it works. God honors faithfulness. And so if you're in a situation where you're like, this is not what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And many of us are. I've had many jobs that I knew when I got them. I know I'm not doing this the rest of my life, but I'm doing it today. And just be faithful with it today knowing that God has something else for you as you're faithful today with what you have. Amen? Amen. And so not with eye service as men pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Um, then he says in verse 7, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. With good will, and this is just a matter of the attitude, that your heart is just to do good to those around you. You're at work doing your job and you got goodwill toward the people around you. Uh, anybody ever worked in a work environment that was cutthroat and people were trying to step on one another to get ahead of the other person? You can't be part of that. As believers, we just know some things that they don't know. I know that for me, I don't have to step over you to get where God is going to take me. For me, it's not a win if you lose. I don't need you to lose for me to win as a believer. Everything I have is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. You got to believe that with your whole heart. Everything that God has for you, you got to believe that all you got to do is walk with him in order to have it. I don't have to put you down. I don't have to tell the boss nasty things about you. I just got to be faithful to the Lord. Everything I have is wrapped up in Jesus. Everything I'm supposed to get is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. All I got to do is walk with him and live for him. And if I'm supposed to get it, I'm going to get it. If I don't get it, I wasn't supposed to get it. And I live with that. You just you keep it moving. Don't be the one complaining. They didn't hire me because this person over here. And this, you know, I hate to hear Christians talk like that. I hear Christians say, well, you know, if it was a racial thing, man, they didn't hire me. Really? God not bigger than that? Doesn't he open doors? No man shut. And he shuts doors. No man open. I wouldn't give men that much credit. I don't believe you can shut a door on me that God is opening. And so that's how we need to believe and speak. You're in charge. You're the man there. You may be the one that says yes or no, but ultimately it's from the Lord. God, if you say yes, they say yes. And if you say no, the no is from you. He may be the one shutting the door, but the no is from the Lord. I can still love you that said no and keep it moving to see where the yes is. It'll keep us from living like everybody else where we're mad at the stuff we're not supposed to be mad at. You know, trying to kick down doors that the Lord is just not opening. And if the Lord shut the door, you didn't want it, right? If the Lord says that's not for you, when we first started the church, you know, I worked at a church for 11 years. And so that looks weird on a resume when you start looking for jobs. So I was getting turned down everywhere I went. What were you doing the last 11 years? I was a pastor on staff at a church. What is that? I teach the Bible. I study. I counsel. I do this and that. And it just didn't seem like it fit. Now, I went and applied for a job at Terminex. I thought, surely I can kill roaches and bugs. You know, I mean, at least I could get that job. I mean, who couldn't get a job killing roaches? I'm at the third interview at Terminex. And again, I'm thinking I have to be able to get this job. I'll at least have a job while I look for something else, you know. And I get to the third interview. I did the background, all the stuff. And the guy said, well, 
well, I'm looking at this thing, man. Explain to me what a week looked like for you at work. And I explained what a week a pastor looked like. He said, well, I just don't know if you cut out for this. You know, you got to go under house. I understand that. I'm good with that. What is, it's dirty. You got to go. And I said, I'm good with that. He's looking at my fingers. I'm at an interview. Was I supposed to come dirty? Like, give me the job already. And he told me, he said, man, I really like you. I just don't think this is cut out for you. And I remember leaving there saying, I mean, I can't get a job killing roaches, Lord. Like, what is the deal? But somebody else got the job. And I realized after the fact that I wanted a job while I was still doing ministry, that that job, it was way, he was working six days a week, 14 hours a day, coming home wasted. And I was like, yeah, that wouldn't have worked for what I was trying to do ministry wise at that time. And so that guy told me no, but the Lord said no, right? The Lord is the one that shut the door. And so uh, I look back, I'm glad I didn't get the job at Terminex. I'm glad I didn't have to kill roaches for a living, you know, for the time. I ended up killing roaches for another company, but, you know, that's another story. So I still got my roach on. So moving on to verse 8, he says, Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord, whether he is a slave or free. God says, whatever good that you've done, you're going to receive from the Lord. And so... We shouldn't be looking for it from people because maybe you work really hard and your boss doesn't acknowledge it. They don't reward it. They don't bonus you for it. Um, they don't thank you. Maybe you serve and no one says, boy, what a great job. No one seems to acknowledge. Well, if you work for the Lord, he ever missed a single thing that you've ever done unto him ever. Right. He keeps great records. Anything that you do is unto the Lord. If you're working hard is unto God. God's like, I see you every day, son, daughter. I don't miss a single thing. I see it when it's difficult. I see it when it's hard. I see it when you don't want to, but you do it anyway because you want to honor me. I see it all. He sees everything. He's not missing a single thing. And so we're encouraged here that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Rather, he is a slave or he's free. Whether you're a worker or you're a boss, right? I want you to write this down. Write down Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, and whatever you do, do it heartily. That means with all your heart. As to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. So Paul says something very similar to the church in Colossians. They said that whatever you do, do it all your heart. Do it as if you do it for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you're going to receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. And that needs to be our heart um, with our jobs and things we do. God, I do this for you, whatever it is. God, I, I do my work as unto you. And I would just encourage you guys that work is also because most people work every day. It's got to become an opportunity for you to be a witness. You're working around people that you maybe wouldn't be around otherwise. Maybe you have nothing else in common with these people other than the fact that you guys work here. Well, it should be different for them that they work with a Christian. Right. They should make a difference in their life. They work with somebody that knows Jesus. When we first got going, the job that I did end up getting, I got a job at a hotel downtown L.A. in L.A. Live. And it was a rough job. It was setting up tables and flipping. We had to set up banquet rooms and everything else. Um, it was another job that I was like, I know I'm not doing this the rest of my life, but I got to do something right now. You know, I wouldn't even bring home the bacon. I was bringing home the pork rinds. It, was, it didn't pay well. There's no benefits. It was hard work. It was a difficult season, but it was a job. And this happened. I get this job because it's the door that opened up. Um, I go to my first day and a guy takes me to a room. They have a map how the room is supposed to be set up. 
you know, 80 or so tables, eight chairs per table, set up like the map looks, and he showed me what it's supposed to look like. And he said, all right, this is your room. I'll be in another room. And he left. And I'm in there. And again, I want to be a witness. And I worked. And I'm putting the tables out. It's back breaking. I'm realizing this is a young man's job. I'm an old man. I'm out of shape. My back was hurting. My spirit was broken. I left work that night. And I would have cried if I could have. But I was like, I can't do this. But I have to. God, why did you open this door? Why not another door? And I left. I was broken that first day of work. I'll go back to the second day to work. And I get a different person training. And I'm going with him about halfway through the shift. I'm like, it's way easier today than yesterday. And I already quit yesterday. And the guy said, who trained you yesterday? And I told him. He said, what did he have you do? And I took him to the room I had set up the day before. He said, that's a five-people job. He said, that guy's lazy. They was outside smoking and hanging out while you did that room by yourself. I'm saved, y'all. But it leaked out a little. I was so angry. I was so upset that I'm like... It was almost like in my mind, this person had abused me. And so I go back, I'm in the elevator with this guy. And all I can think about is, I just need to flex a little bit. I need to go backwards. I just need to show him, you know, they're taking advantage of me. You don't even know where I came from. I wanted to smash this guy's mouth in. But you can't do that because you're a witness for the Lord, you know. Um, and sometimes I wonder if God didn't make me a pastor so that I wouldn't do stuff. Because I be thinking of stuff and God's like, you know, you can't do that, Pastor. You know, you can't do that. You can't say that to him. You can't act like that. It does kind of, you know, set some boundaries on my life where I'm like, if I wasn't attached to Christ in a public way, I'll pop you. And I'll go ask for forgiveness Sunday, you know. But I can't do that because I got to preach, you know. So here's the deal. So I'm at this job and it was frustrating. And I did have times, my wife will tell you, where I would drive home and I'm act like, Lord, why? Why this place? This is hard. I'm not making enough money. It's difficult. I feel like as a young man, everybody here is 20-something. I'm not 20-something. You know, I'm 40. At the time, I was, you know, not 40 yet, but I was almost, you know. So it was bad, and this happened at this job. I remember the boss, uh, <laughs> my boss was a crip. So he, I don't know how he got to be the boss because he was a full-blown gangbanger, but he was the boss, and we're waiting to set up a room. And uh, we, we're also, me, the boss, all the other guys in this room waiting, and the conversations are foul. Um, dudes are showing porn on their cell phones. So I'm sitting away like I'm trying to just not be involved in the conversations over here. And most of the guys I work with don't know that I'm a minister or a pastor, but he does because he's the supervisor or the boss or whatever. He says, oh, you guys, I think we've offended the pastor. And, you know, almost patronized me. He said, come here, man. And he says, you've heard us talking all of our talk. He says, I seen this thing on the news and it was some real apocalyptic, you know, and he says some explicitives or whatever. He says, so tell us about what the Bible says is going to happen at the end of everything. And he just turned it over. So my A-Trey gangster crip boss just told me to tell everybody here, you know, what happens at the end times. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So I shared the gospel. I shared, you know, the end, I shared about what Jesus did. And afterwards, four guys, each individually came up to me. One guy came and was saying that he was, he said, man, I'm a believer. He said, I'm so embarrassed that I haven't walked with the Lord. Another guy came, he fallen away. And I felt like if nothing else happened in that job, that that was what it was for. And then God did let me get out of there. And I was like, yes, praise the Lord. But it was a season. And, you know, had I gotten to a scuffle with the guy who trained me bad, I mean, I might have lost the ability to do that, you know, had I done some other things or whatever. But I look back and think, wow, that job was just for a season. 
But that was a blessing. You know, that was a blessing. And so for you guys, wherever it is that God has you working, um, I'm encouraging you that you look for the opportunities there. I don't work for the boss here. I work for the Lord. And God, when you go to work this week, you pray. That's your work field. God, I'm going to work today. Give me something to do for you. Show me someone I can love on. Show me someone I can witness to. You help me befriend someone that needs a friend in the Lord. Just show me something to do in my work that I can do for you. And you go with that attitude. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to be a blessing to my bosses. And I'm going to be a blessing to the people around me. But I'm doing it for the Lord. And I promise you, God, if you may hate your job, but God will give some divine purpose to your job. Because I'll tell you this. Much as I hated being at that job, I loved the conversations I was getting to have with people about the Lord at that job. And if it was like, well, if I got to do this work in order to have these conversations, and I told, I remember telling Harmony at one point, I'm going to tell everybody the gospel so that if that was my assignment, that this season could end. So I'm like, I'm getting, I'm getting everybody one-on-one. They're going to hear it, you know? So moving on, verse 8, again, it says, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he'll receive the same from the Lord, whether he's a slave or free. And then finally, verse 9, and this is to the masters. If you're a boss, let's say you're here and you're not an employee, you're an employer. You're over other people. You're a supervisor, a boss. People are subject to you. They got to deal with you at work. You're the one that makes the rules, so forth and so on. If you're a Christian boss, that should be different too. The way you conduct yourself as a Christian boss should be different too. There's a mindset in this world that says, you know, you got to let people know you're the boss. You got to really, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Be careful if you're a Christian boss. That you're not taking your cues from this world, um, but that you're taking it from the Lord, uh, how to do this. And so look at what it says in verse 9. And you masters, and that word masters is the same word used in some places for fathers. It's those that have oversight, those that are in charge. You could be the master of a household, so forth and so on. He says, do the same things to them. So he's saying, if you're a boss, everything I just told them, I'm telling you too. You be submissive. You do your work as unto the Lord. You be obedient. You do it as if you do it for Christ. He says, giving up threatening, knowing that your own master also is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. He says, you give up threatening people, knowing this, your master's in heaven, your boss, your Lord. And with him, there's no partiality. God doesn't look down from heaven and say, oh, you're the boss. He looks down from heaven and sees believers and how they're treating one another. And God don't care if you're a supervisor. That doesn't enable you before the Lord to treat people poorly. Um, if you're writing notes, I want you to write this down. Write down Matthew 20, and I'm going to read verses 25 to 28. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. And it says this, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them, yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great let him become your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And Jesus makes himself the example. He says, I'm Jesus Christ. Think about this, guys. Who's ever a bigger deal than Jesus Christ? Nobody. None of us. Amen. Y'all know that, right? I don't care who you're the boss of. You ain't never going to be boss like he the boss, right? He said, look, I came from heaven to earth. And he says, the Gentiles, when they get in charge, they lord it over people. You give a non-believer some authority, and they're going to lord it. You can get somebody at McDonald's. You take them off of sweeping and put them over the fries or over flipping patties. When you put them over somebody else, you look at how non-believers treat each other when they get put over somebody else. But God says, you believers, this should not be so among you. Right? We don't lord it over people. We don't take advantage of it. The idea is this. What did Jesus do with all his authority over you? He blessed you. 
He looked out for you. He did what was best. If you need discipline, he will discipline you. Um, he did what was best for everybody. That's what he did with his authority. And so if you get to be a boss, if God so raises you up, if God gives you the opportunity to own your own thing, to run your own business, to be in charge of other human beings, you want to be careful how you treat people. Now, the world mentality says, well, you know, if I do that, people are going to take advantage. You know, if I, if I be a Christian boss, people are going to walk all over me. Not necessarily. You can be a boss, a Christian boss with some teeth. And by that, I mean this. If, if you're a Christian boss, you don't have to come out of character. You don't have to yell and fuss and cuss and scream. You can hold a standard and hold people to a standard. And if they fall beneath the standard, we got to let you go. Um, because it's now for us, it's a matter of stewardship. It's a bad stewardship for us to keep you paying you these hours when you perform in that way. So we're going to let you go. Um, you still have teeth and authority and you hold up a standard, but you don't have to be taken advantage of. You don't have to be walked over. You don't have to be mean, spirited and harsh. And um, some people, again, I've seen believers that feel like, well, in the work world, I got to do it like this. I disagree. So you can't drop Christianity for work. You got to figure out how to be a Christian boss, how to be in charge as a Christian that's over other people and do it in a way that you're still honoring God, right? That the people under your authority, hopefully just like I would expect that a Christian employer would be blessed to have Christian employees. Well, I think that non-believing workers would be blessed to have a Christian boss um, just because the mindset is different. And I'll share this. When I first got saved, uh, I had a bunch of warrants and the guy that led me to Christ uh, helped me to get a job where he worked at a warehouse. And I got a job working there and, um, you know, it's a warehouse job, not a great job or anything like that. But I had warrants everywhere. I had failure to appear. I was driving on suspended license, riding dirty. And in order to get my life cleaned up, I had to go to all these court appearances. So anybody that's ever been in that predicament, you know that Monday is the day you go. You walk in on Monday um, and you get to walk in, see the judge, you know, go for your failure to appear, you know, get your fine, pay it, and you go on about your life. So I had seven or eight, a few in Compton, and I had some downtown. And I basically every Monday for several months. So I remember asking my boss when he hired me, I explained my situation and what I was trying to get cleaned up. He said, this is what we'll do. He said, um, I found out he was a Christian later. He said, on Mondays, you can go. And after you get done, come straight here. And whatever hours you missed, we'll make them up before and after work throughout the rest of the week. And so we'll know Monday, you know, where we need to fill you in the rest of the week or whatever. And he worked with me until I got all that done. Now, when I finally got it all done, I was so thankful. You know, I remember Mika went with me to DMV to finally get my real license. I was so emboldened. I was like, pull me over now, you know. <laughs> license registration, here, you know, take a picture. Um, but I was so thankful to that man, position of authority. He understood what I was trying to do. And he said, you know, I'm going to let you do that. Uh, here's some parameters. This is what I expect from you. But he let me do that. And I remember well after I left that job, I was in ministry. I would call him periodically. I'd find his number and just call him and tell him, thank you. Thank you for giving me that opportunity to get my stuff straightened out, get my life right. So if you're a Christian boss, you could be a blessing if you want to. God could use you in that position if you let him um, or not. You could just be focused on being a boss. And so be careful that we don't let the world in which we live. It wants to dictate so much to us, you guys. It wants to tell us how to think how to behave. And so don't take your cues from the people around you. You want to be someone that sets the tone. If you're a believer working around a bunch of non-believers, you should be the difference. Um, you should be the light in the midst of the darkness. If you're a Christian employer over other human beings, um, it should be a distinction. People should recognize that. I don't know what it is. Maybe they do know what it is. They should know there's a difference in you. 
Amen? Amen. And the Lord tells us as we wrap this up, all this we do for him. Your work is your opportunity to serve the Lord. God, I do this as unto you. And so wherever you got to get up and go tomorrow morning, I hope that you get up and go and you find divine purpose in your secular work. As you step out tomorrow and you just go to work with that in your mind, God, I'm going for you. I want to be used by you. I want to glorify you in how I do my work today. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Ephesians is full of relevant content that can be applied to us today. One of the biggest themes throughout Paul's New Testament letter is unity. We live in a culture that seems to love to disagree, but the Bible is very clear about seeking unity even when you disagree. Of course, this isn't always easy, but unity is a big part of who God is and what he desires for you. So the next time you disagree with someone, don't see them as an enemy. See them as a brother or sister in Christ and ask the Lord to soften your heart for that person. If you're struggling with this in your life, feel free to text or call us and we'll be more happy to pray for you. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that number is 310-245-4811. And if you're ever in the Inglewood area, we want to meet you in person. Our service times are on Sundays at 10 a.m. and on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit us in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website was CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Ephesians, and you won't want to miss it. So be sure to join us next time, right here on A Transforming Word.